Hi, my name is Chloe and today I will be joined by my dad, Martin von Kaschke, and we will be discussing the preventative behaviour, smoking cigarettes, and relating it to the different stages of the health belief model. So let's start with perceived susceptibility to the issue. So dad, do you think your environment where you grew up influenced your smoking habits and fascination to participate in the activity? Um, yeah, uh, I suppose so. Uh, my mom smoked. Um... In those days, uh, the cigarette rep would rock up with uh, gifts for smokers, uh, so lighters and free cigarettes. And, um, so the 1970s, uh, we didn't have TVs in South Africa yet, but uh, certainly at the movies, uh, there were lots of good adverts around smoking. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, definitely the, the environment influenced um, my eventual smoking habits. I obviously didn't smoke at that time, I was still too small. Yeah. But later on in life, yes. Okay, cool. So when you were in high school, was there a multitude of people who your age who encouraged smoking and openly participated in it? And if there were, do you think that might have been one of the reasons why you started smoking? Um, yes, some, some kids encouraged it. Um, other kids smoked and didn't encourage it. I think it was an individual um, decision, really. Um, but there was certainly a herd, herd mentality uh, where uh, you were part of the in crowd if you smoked and drank. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I did smoke at some points during high school and other, other points not. It didn't really influence um, uh, whether I was in the in crowd or the out crowd. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, chose to smoke or chose not to smoke. Fair enough. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived severity of the consequences of the health issue. So when you started smoking, did you notice any significant changes related to your mood or energy during the day? And if you did, did you see it as an effect from the cigarettes or did that not cross your mind at the time? No, I don't think, it, I, don't think I put it down to cigarettes. Uh, as a teenager, uh, I probably put it down to being a moody teenager uh, more than anything. Yeah. Um, and cigarettes were probably seen as a bit of a um, as a release, um, yeah. so I don't think it's uh, dampened my mood, uh, probably rather um, just brought about a little calm, I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. So had you seen anyone in your family or friend circle suffer from health issues that were related to smoking? And if so, did this make you think of quitting? No, it didn't make me think of quitting, but, and yes, uh, we, we, had, um, we had an aunt who uh, had emphysemia, but uh, she'd smoked a lot. And I think that, that at the time, people were thinking, well, if you do it in moderation, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, she used chain smoke, so she used, she used to go through two, three packs a day. Cigarettes wow. were cheap. Yeah. Uh, but everybody was aware that smoking wasn't good for you. Yeah. Um, they just didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived benefits of the preventive strategy. So when you decided to switch to quit smoking and succeeded, what changes did you notice happen regarding your health and well-being? And was it an instant change or did it take time? Um, uh, as you know, I, I probably tried a couple of times um, and I never really failed. I just didn't want to stop smoking. Yeah. Um, so when I decided I wanted to stop smoking, um, I stopped straight away. Uh, it, it took a bit of time to get the body to change. Um, so it was a mental thing? 
Yeah, I look, and smoking is a combination of of mental, which uh, I'd probably go 80, 85% is mental, yeah. and then the rest is your body is dependent on the cigarettes uh, yeah. chemically. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a, it's a, it is a, um, it is a difficult thing to stop. Does it change uh, in a positive way your health? It does. Um, so your lungs clear up better, you start yeah. to taste and smell better. And that's within 7 to 14 to 21 days. So yeah. you can see them straight away. Uh, for there to be a longer lasting effort, which will want to make you stop for longer, um, you've actually got to start exercising, which, as you know, is what I did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. So, if you try any of the nicotine sprays, patches or gums, did any of them help you quit smoking? And would you recommend them to people trying to quit? Why yeah. or why not? Yeah, you know, I used to use the spray. Yeah. Um, and I used the spray for well, probably close on two years, really. Yeah. Uh, and um, that was partly because where I worked on Barrow Island and Impex. Yeah. Um, they were operating gas plants, so you weren't allowed to smoke a cigarette, mm. but you still wanted the nicotine during the day, so you used the sprays. Yeah. Eventually, sprays got too expensive to continue like that, um, and um, I then used the sprays to try and quit. Mm-hmm. and eventually kick the habit by using the sprays and a nicotine patch. Yeah. Um, and then one day forgot to put the patch on, forgot to use the spray, and then realized I'd been without the patch or the spray for about two days, and I went, okay, well, I can stop. That's and awesome. that's when I stopped. Uh, so, yeah, they all help. Uh, the only problem is that the companies um, are now making a lot of money out of the sprays and the patches, so the price keeps on going up. So it's becoming more... Or less affordable, yeah. Um, and I think that needs to be, uh, I think that needs to be regulated. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived barriers participating in the preventive activity. So, why do you think it takes multiple tries for people to stop smoking? What do you think the reasons are behind that? Because they don't want to stop. No, smoking is really nice, uh, and when you are, uh, when you enjoy smoking, uh, like I did, uh, then. There's very little reason to actually stop uh, if you enjoy it, other than um, in places like Australia, people uh, there's a perceived um, intolerance to smoking. Yeah. So if you go to a restaurant, you can't sit with your family. You need to go for a for a cigarette. You got to go outside. Mm. Um, if you go to the pub and you have a beer, but you really want to have a beer and a smoke, now you got to go and stand outside um, without your beer. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, people people want to stop, but they don't want to change their habits. Yeah. So while drinking lots of beer um, and you're a smoker, um, if you really want to stop, you might need to cut back on your drinking mm. um, so that you aren't tempted to then go and have a cigarette. So it's a balance of behaviours. Exactly. What were some barriers that you noticed that might have stopped you from quitting all the times that it didn't work? Um, no, I think it's just a mental thing. It's my only, only, only thing that makes you not want to stop is the fact that you don't want to stop. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people come up with a whole lot of other ideas, but for me, um, and I think it's really personal for each person. Yeah. It's do you really want to stop? Are you being honest with yourself? Yeah. 
So now we're moving on to cues to action. So cigarette and tobacco packets often have photos showing what smoking can do to the person using the cigarette. Did this help you make your decision to quit smoking? No, it's a waste of time. No? It's an absolute waste of time. Um, eventually, as you know, I, I smoked rollies. Yeah. I would take my tobacco out of that pouch and put it into my own tin or own pouch and throw away their packaging. To not see it. I, not, not to not see it. Yeah. It just doesn't mean anything. Yeah. If you want to smoke, no picture is going to make that difference. Yeah. So was family one of your motives to stop participating in the behaviour? Yeah, of course. Um, you know as well as I do uh, that you got, none of you guys smoke. So when you are a smoker um, and everybody else around you isn't a smoker uh, and you know, uh, there's, um, the school puts pressure on and the society puts pressure on yeah. and the laws put pressure on, then um, eventually the part of the decision to actually then stop smoking um, is largely influenced by family. Um, you eventually go, okay, well for the family's sake, I'll stop smoking. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to self-efficacy. So during your quitting journey, when did you really start believing that participating in the prevention strategy would work? And what helped you come to that realisation? Uh, when I was on Barrow Island, um, I used the spray yeah. uh, as a preventative. Um, and the idea was really to stop smoking uh, initially. Um, but then... I stopped smoking cigarettes and didn't roll in, didn't buy any more roadies, mm. and that carried on for quite a long time. Uh, and that's when I realised, okay, well, I can actually do this. Yeah. Uh, but then, what I didn't really want to do was stop smoking. Uh, at that stage, the the, uh, the sprays were giving me the nicotine I needed. My my lungs were clearing up. Yeah. Um, hadn't really in my mind made that decision to absolutely 100% quit. Yeah. And only when I decided to actually really quit and use uh, the spray correctly, that's when it became easier to stop. Yeah. So last question. Now looking back, what are some ways that you think society had an influence on you when you wanted to quit, but it felt too difficult to accomplish? Um, oh, look, I mean, you know, when you go back to South Africa or when we were living in Cambodia, everybody smokes. Yeah. Uh, and it's because cigarettes are cheap. Uh, so society has taken a stance against cigarettes um, and the government has supported society in that and they've pushed up the prices. Yeah. And now to buy a packet of cigarettes is a ridiculous amount of money. So um, regulating the, uh, those laws, uh, regulating the tax, the tax charges, uh, all of that helps. Uh, yeah. And it is... Um, it is society that drives that. If um, if society didn't say smoking was bad, then we'd be going down to the footy over like we did this morning and mm -hmm. there'd be people standing there smoking. But they weren't. Not one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does. Society has, has, it, has had a direct and indirect impact on the way um, I perceive smoking and the way I, I stopped. Um, there's no doubt about it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And... Pleasure. Thank Anytime. you very much. Thanks, Dad. Hi, my name is Chloe, and today I will be joined by my dad, Martin von Kaschke, and we will be discussing the preventative behaviour, smoking cigarettes, and relating it to the different stages of the health belief model. So let's start with perceived susceptibility to the issue. So, Dad, 
Do you think your environment where you grew up influenced your smoking habits and fascination to participate in the activity? Um, yeah, uh, I suppose so. Uh, my mum smoked. Um, in those days, uh, the cigarette rep would rock up with uh, gifts for smokers, uh, so lighters and free cigarettes. And, um, so the 1970s, uh, we didn't have TVs in South Africa yet, but uh, certainly at the movies, uh, there were lots of good adverts around smoking. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, uh, definitely the, the environment influenced um, my eventual smoking habits. I obviously didn't smoke at that time, I was still too small, Yeah. but later in life, yes. Okay, cool. So when you were in high school, was there a multitude of people who your age who encouraged smoking and openly participated in it? And if there were, do you think that might have been one of the reasons why you started smoking? Um, yes, some, some kids encouraged it. Um, other kids smoked and didn't encourage it. I think it was an individual um, decision, really. Um, but there was certainly a herd, herd mentality uh, where uh, you were part of the in-crowd if you smoked and drank. Uh, mm -hmm. So uh, I did smoke at some points during high school and other, other points not. It didn't really influence um, uh, whether I was in an in crowd or the out crowd. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, chose to smoke or chose not to smoke. Fair enough. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived severity of the consequences of the health issue. So when you started smoking, did you notice any significant changes related to your mood or energy during the day? And if you did, did you see it as an effect from the cigarettes or did that not cross your mind at the time? No, I don't think, it, uh, I, don't think I put it down to cigarettes. Uh, as a teenager, uh, I probably put it down to being a moody teenager uh, more than anything. Yeah. Um, and cigarettes were probably seen as a bit of a, um, as a release. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's uh, dampened my mood. Uh, probably rather um, just brought about a little calm, I suppose. Yep. Fair enough. So, had you seen anyone in your family or friend circle suffer from health issues that were related to smoking? And if so, did this make you think of quitting? No, it didn't make me think of quitting. But, and yes, uh, we, we, had, um, we had an aunt who uh, had emphysemia, uh, but she'd smoked a lot. And I think that the, at the time, people were thinking, well, if you do it in moderation, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, she used chain smoke, so she used, she used to go through two, three packs a day. Cigarettes wow. were cheap. Yeah. Uh, but everybody was aware that smoking wasn't good for you. Yeah. Um, they just didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived benefits of the preventive strategy. So when you decided to switch to quit smoking and succeeded, what changes did you notice happen regarding your health and well-being? And was it a, an instant change or did it take time? Um, uh, as you know, I, I probably tried a couple of times um, and I never really failed. I just didn't want to stop smoking. Yeah. Um, so when I decided I wanted to stop smoking, um, I stopped straight away. Uh, it, it took a bit of time to get the body to change. Um, so it was a mental thing. Yeah, I look and smoking is a combination of of mental, which uh, I'd probably go 80-85% is mental yeah. and then the rest is your body is dependent on the cigarettes uh, yeah. chemically. Um, so yeah, um, it's a, it's a, it is a, um, 
it is a difficult thing to stop. Does it change uh, in a positive way your health? It does. Um, so your lungs clear up better, you start yeah. to taste and smell better. And that's within 7 to 14 to 21 days. So yeah. you can see them straight away. Uh, for there to be a longer lasting effort, which will want to make you stop for longer, um, you've actually got to start exercising, which, as you know, is what I did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's awesome. So, if you try any of the nicotine sprays, patches or gums, did any of them help you quit smoking? And would you recommend them to people trying to quit? Why yeah. or why not? Yeah, you know, I used to use the spray. Yeah. Um, and I used the spray for well, probably close on two years, really. Yeah. Uh, and um, that was partly because where I worked on Barrow Island and Impex. Yeah. Um, they were operating gas plants, so you weren't allowed to smoke a cigarette, mm. but you still wanted the nicotine during the day, so you used the sprays. Yeah. Eventually, sprays got too expensive to continue like that, um, and um, I then used the sprays to try and quit, mm-hmm. and eventually kicked the habit by using the sprays and a nicotine patch. Yeah. Um, and then one day forgot to put the patch on, forgot to use the spray, and then realized I'd been without the patch or the spray for about two days. And I went, okay, well, I can stop. That's and awesome. that's when I stopped. Uh, so, yeah, they all help. Uh, the only problem is that the companies um, are now making a lot of money out of the sprays and the patches, so the price keeps on going up. So it's becoming more or less affordable. Yeah. Um, and I think that needs to be, uh, I think that needs to be regulated. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived barriers participating in the preventive activity. So why do you think it takes multiple tries for people to stop smoking? What do you think the reasons are behind that? Because they don't want to stop. Smoking is really nice. Uh, And when you you enjoy smoking, uh, like I did, uh, then there's very little reason to actually stop uh, if you enjoy it, other than... um, in places like Australia, people, uh, there's a perceived um, intolerance for smoking. Yeah. So if you go to a restaurant, you can't sit with your family, you need to go for a, for a cigarette, you've got to go outside. Mm. Um, if you go to the pub and you have a beer, but you really want to have a beer and a smoke, now you've got to go and stand outside um, without your beer. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, people, people want to stop, but they don't want to change their habits. Yeah. So while drinking lots of beer um, and you're a smoker, um, if you really want to stop, you might need to cut back on your drinking mm. um, so that you aren't tempted to then go and have a cigarette. So it's a balance of behaviours. Exactly. What were some barriers that you noticed that might have stopped you from quitting all the times that it didn't work? Um, no, I think it's just a mental thing. It's my only, only, only thing that makes you not want to stop is the fact that you don't want to stop. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people come up with a whole lots of other ideas, but for me, um, and I think it's really personal for each person, Yeah. it's do you really want to stop? Are you being honest with yourself? Yeah. So now I'm moving on to cues to action. So cigarette and tobacco packets often have photos showing what smoking can do to the person using the cigarette. Did this help you make your decision to quit smoking? No. It's a waste of time. No. Uh, it's an absolute waste of time. Um, eventually, as you know, I, I smoked rollies. Yeah. I would take my tobacco out of that pouch and put it into my own tin or own pouch and throw away their packaging. To not see it. I, not, not to not see it. Yeah. It just doesn't mean anything. Yeah. If you want to smoke, 
no picture is going to make that difference. Yeah. So was family one of your motives to stop participating in the behaviour? Yeah, of course. Um, you know as well as I do uh, that you got, none of you guys smoke. So when you are a smoker um, and everybody else around you isn't a smoker uh, and you know, uh, there's, um, the school puts pressure on and the society puts pressure on yeah. and the laws put pressure on, then um, eventually that part of the decision to actually then stop smoking um, is largely influenced by family. Um, you eventually go, okay, well, for the family's sake, I'll stop smoking. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to self-efficiency. So during your quitting journey, when did you really start believing that participating in the prevention strategy would work and what helped you come to that realisation? Uh, when I was on Barrow Island, um, I used the spray. Yeah. Uh, as a preventative um, and the idea was really to stop smoking uh, initially um, but then I stopped smoking cigarettes and didn't roll in but didn't buy any more roadies mm. and that carried on for quite a long time uh, and that's when I realized okay well I can actually do this yeah uh, but then what I didn't really want to do is stop smoking uh, at that stage the nic the, nic uh, the sprays were giving me the nicotine I needed my, my lungs were clearing up yeah um, hadn't really in my mind made that decision to absolutely 100% quit yeah and only when I decided to actually really quit and use uh, the spray correctly that's when it became easier to stop yeah so last question now looking back what are some ways that you think society had an influence on you when you wanted to quit but it felt too difficult to accomplish um oh look I mean you know, when you go back to South Africa or when we were living in Cambodia, everybody smokes. Yeah. Um, and it's because cigarettes are cheap. Uh, so society has taken a stance against cigarettes um, and the government has supported society in that and they've pushed up the prices. Yeah. And now to buy a packet of cigarettes is a ridiculous amount of money. So um, regulating... Those laws uh, regulating the tax the tax charges, uh, all of that helps. Uh, yeah, and it is um, it is society that drives that. If um, if society didn't say smoking was bad, then we'd be going down to the footy over like we did this morning, and mm -hmm. there'd be people standing there smoking. But they weren't. Not one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it does. Society has has it has had a direct and indirect impact on the way. I perceive smoking and the way I, I stopped. Um, there's no doubt about it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And... It's a pleasure. Thank Anytime. you very much. Thanks, Dad. Hi, my name is Chloe and today I will be joined by my dad, Martin von Kaschke, and we will be discussing the preventative behaviour, smoking cigarettes, and relating it to the different stages of the health belief model. So let's start with perceived susceptibility to the issue. So, Dad... Do you think your environment where you grew up influenced your smoking habits and fascination to participate in the activity? Um, yeah, uh, I suppose so. Uh, my mom smoked. Um, in those days, uh, the cigarette rep would rock up with uh, gifts for smokers, uh, so lighters and free cigarettes. And, um, so the 1970s, uh, we didn't have TVs in South Africa yet, but uh, certainly at the movies, uh, there were lots of good 
adverts around smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely the, the environment influenced um, my eventual smoking habits. I obviously didn't smoke at that time, I was still too small. Yeah. But later in life, yes. Okay, cool. So when you were in high school, was there a multitude of people who your age who encouraged smoking and openly participated in it? And if there were, do you think that might have been one of the reasons why you started smoking? Um, yes, some, some kids encouraged it. Um, other kids smoked and didn't encourage it. I think it was an individual um, decision, really. Um, but there was certainly a herd, herd mentality uh, where uh, you were part of the in-crowd if you smoked and drank. So uh, I did smoke at some points during high school and other, other points not. It didn't really influence um, uh, whether I was in the in crowd or the out crowd. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, chose to smoke or chose not to smoke. Fair enough. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived severity of the consequences of the health issue. So when you started smoking, did you notice any significant changes related to your mood or energy during the day? And if you did, did you see it as an effect from the cigarettes or did that not cross your mind at the time? No, I don't think, it, uh, I, don't think I put it down to cigarettes. Uh, as a teenager, uh, I probably put it down to being a moody teenager uh, more than anything. Yeah. Um, and cigarettes were probably seen as a bit of a, um, as a release. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's uh, dampened my mood. Uh, probably rather um, just brought about a little calm, I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. So had you seen anyone in your family or friend circle suffer from health issues that were related to smoking? And if so, did this make you think of quitting? No, it didn't make me think of quitting. But, and yes, uh, we, we, had, um, we had an aunt who uh, had emphysemia, uh, but she'd smoked a lot. And I think that the, at the time, people were thinking, well, if you do it in moderation, you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, she used chain smoke, so she used, she used to go through two, three packs a day. Cigarettes wow. were cheap. Yeah. Um, but everybody was aware that smoking wasn't good for you. Yeah. Um, they just didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived benefits of the preventive strategy. So when you decided to switch to quit smoking and succeeded, what changes did you notice happen regarding your health and well-being? And was it an instant change or did it take time? Um, uh, as you know, I, I probably tried a couple of times um, and I never really failed. I just didn't want to stop smoking. Yeah. Um, so when I decided I wanted to stop smoking, um, I stopped straight away. Uh, it, it took a bit of time to get the body to change. Um, so it was a mental thing. Yeah, I look and smoking is a combination of of mental, which uh, I'd probably go 80, 85% is mental, yeah. and then the rest is your body is dependent on the cigarettes uh, yeah. chemically. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a, it's a, it is a, um, it is a difficult thing to stop. Does it change uh, in a positive way your health? It does, um, so your lungs clear up better, you start yeah. to taste and smell better, and that's within seven to 14 to 21 days, so yeah. you can see them straight away. Uh, for there to be a longer lasting effort, which will want to make you stop for longer, um, you've actually got to start exercising, which as you know, is what I did. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. So, 
If you try any of the nicotine sprays, patches or gums, did any of them help you quit smoking and would you recommend them to people trying to quit? Why yeah. or why not? Yeah, you know I used to use the spray. Yeah. Um, and I used the spray for well, probably close on two years really. Yeah. Uh, and um, that was partly because where I worked on Barrow Island and Impex. Yeah. Um, they were operating gas plants so you weren't allowed to smoke a cigarette mm. but you still wanted the nicotine during the day so you used the sprays yeah eventually sprays got too expensive to continue like that um, and um, I then used the sprays to try and quit mm-hmm. and eventually kicked the habit by using the sprays and a nicotine patch yeah um, and then one day forgot to put the patch on forgot to use the spray and then realized I'd been without the patch or the spray for about two days and I went, okay, well, I can stop. That's and that's awesome. when I stopped. Uh, so, yeah, they all help. Uh, the only problem is that the companies um, are now making a lot of money out of the sprays and the patches, so the price keeps on going up. So it's becoming more or less affordable. Yeah. Um, and I think that needs to be, uh, I think that needs to be regulated. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived barriers participating in the preventive activity. So why do you think it takes multiple tries for people to stop smoking? What do you think the reasons are behind that? Because they don't want to stop. Smoking is really nice. Uh, And when you you enjoy smoking, uh, like I did, uh, then there's very little reason to actually stop uh, if you enjoy it, other than... um, in places like Australia, people, uh, there's a perceived um, intolerance for smoking. Yeah. So if you go to a restaurant, you can't sit with your family, you need to go for a, for a cigarette, you've got to go outside. Mm. Um, if you go to the pub and you have a beer, but you really want to have a beer and a smoke, now you've got to go and stand outside um, without your beer. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, people, people want to stop, but they don't want to change their habits. Yeah. So while drinking lots of beer um, and you're a smoker, um, if you really want to stop, you might need to cut back on your drinking mm. um, so that you aren't tempted to then go and have a cigarette. So it's a balance of behaviours. Exactly. What were some barriers that you noticed that might have stopped you from quitting all the times that it didn't work? Um, no, I think it's just a mental thing. It's my only, only, only thing that makes you not want to stop is the fact that you don't want to stop. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people come up with a whole lot of other ideas, but for me, um, and I think it's really personal for each person, Yeah. it's do you really want to stop? Are you being honest with yourself? Yeah. So now I'm moving on to cues to action. So cigarette and tobacco packets often have photos showing what smoking can do to the person using the cigarette. Did this help you make your decision to quit smoking? No. A waste of time no uh, it's an absolute waste of time um eventually as you know i, I smoked rollies yeah i would take my tobacco out of that pouch and put it into my own tin or own pouch and throw away their packaging to not see it uh, not not to not see it yeah it just doesn't mean anything yeah if you want to smoke no picture is going to make that difference yeah so was family one of your motives to stop participating in the behavior yeah of course um you know as well as I do uh, that you got none of you guys smoke. So when you are a smoker um, and everybody else around you isn't a smoker, uh, and you know uh, there's um, the school puts pressure on and the society puts pressure on yeah. and the laws put pressure on, then um, eventually that 
part of the decision to actually then stop smoking um, is largely influenced by family. Um, you eventually go, okay, well, for the family's sake, I'll stop smoking. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to self-efficacy. So during your quitting journey, when did you really start believing that participating in the prevention prevention strategy would work and what helped you come to that realization? Uh, when I was on Barrow Island, um, I used the spray yeah. uh, as a preventative. Um, and the idea was really to stop smoking uh, initially, um, but then I stopped smoking cigarettes and didn't roll in, didn't buy any more roadies. Mm. And that carried on for quite a long time. Uh, and that's when I realized, okay, well, I can actually do this. Yeah. Uh, but then what I didn't really want to do was stop smoking. Uh, at that stage, the, nic- the, nic- uh, the sprays were giving me the nicotine I needed. My, my lungs were clearing up. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really, in my mind, made that decision to absolutely 100% quit. Yeah. And only when I decided to actually really quit and use the, nic- uh, the spray correctly, that's when it became easier to stop. Yeah. So last question. Now looking back, what are some ways that you think society had an influence on you when you wanted to quit, but it felt too difficult to accomplish? Um, oh, look, I mean, you know, when you go back to South Africa or when we were living in Cambodia, everybody smokes. Yeah. Uh, and it's because cigarettes are cheap. Uh, so society has taken a stance against cigarettes um, and... The government has supported society in that and they've pushed up the prices. Yeah. And now to buy a packet of cigarettes is a ridiculous amount of money. So um, regulating the, uh, those laws, uh, regulating the tax, the tax charges, uh, all of that helps. Uh, yeah. And it is, um, it is society that drives that. If, um, if society didn't say smoking was bad, then we'd be going down to the footy over like we did this morning and there'd mm-hmm. be people standing there smoking. But they weren't. Not one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does, society has, has, it, has had a direct and indirect impact on the way um, I perceive smoking and the way I, I stopped. Um, there's no doubt about it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today and... It's a pleasure. Thank Anytime. you very much. Thanks, Dad. Hi, my name is Chloe and today I will be joined by my dad, Martin Ponkashka, and we will be discussing the preventative behaviour, smoking cigarettes and relating it to the different stages of the health belief model. So let's start with perceived susceptibility to the issue. So dad, do you think your environment where you grew up influenced your smoking habits and fascination to participate in the activity? Um, yeah, uh, I suppose so. Uh, my mom smoked. Um... In those days, uh, the cigarette rep would rock up with uh, gifts for smokers, uh, so lighters and free cigarettes. Um, so the 1970s, uh, we didn't have TVs in South Africa yet, but uh, certainly at the movies, uh, there were lots of good adverts around smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely the, the environment influenced. Um, my eventual smoking habits. I obviously didn't smoke at that time, I was still too small. Yeah. But later in life, yes. Okay, cool. So when you were in high school, was there a multitude of people who, your age, who encouraged smoking and openly participated in it? And if there were, do you think that might have been one of the reasons why you started smoking? 
Um, yes, yeah, some some kids encouraged it. Um, other kids smoked and didn't encourage it. I think it was an individual um, decision, really. Um, but there was certainly a herd herd mentality where uh, you were part of the in crowd if you smoked and drank. So. Uh, I did smoke at some points during high school and other points not. It didn't really influence um, uh, whether I was in the in crowd or the out crowd. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, chose to smoke or chose not to smoke. Fair enough. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived severity of the consequences of the health issue. So when you started smoking, did you notice any significant changes related to your mood or energy during the day? And if you did, did you see it as an effect from the cigarettes or did that not cross your mind at the time? No, I don't think, it, uh, I, don't think I put it down to cigarettes. Uh, as a teenager, uh, I probably put it down to being a moody teenager uh, more than anything. Yeah. Um, and cigarettes were probably seen as a bit of a, um, as a release. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's uh, dampened my mood. Um, probably rather um, just brought about a little calm, I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. So had you seen anyone in your family or friend circle suffer from health issues that were related to smoking? And if so, did this make you think of quitting? No, it didn't make me think of quitting. But, and yes, uh, we, we, had, um, we had an aunt who uh, had emphysemia, uh, but she'd smoked a lot. And I think that, that at the time, people were thinking, well, if you do it in moderation, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, she used to chain smoke, so she used, she used to go through two, three packs a day. Cigarettes were cheap. Yeah. Um, but everybody was aware that smoking wasn't good for you. Yeah. Um, they just didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived benefits of the preventive strategy. So when you decided to switch to quit smoking and succeeded, what changes did you notice happen regarding your health and well-being? And was it an instant change or did it take time? Um, uh, as you know, I, I probably tried a couple of times um, and I never really failed. I just didn't want to stop smoking. Yeah. Um, so when I decided I wanted to stop smoking, um, I stopped straight away. Uh, it, it took a bit of time to get the body to change. Um, so it was a mental thing. Yeah, I look, and smoking is a combination of of mental, which uh, I'd probably go 80, 85% is mental, yeah. and then the rest is your body is dependent on the cigarettes uh, yeah. chemically. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a, it's a, it is a, um, it is a difficult thing to stop. Does it change uh, in a positive way your health? It does, um, so your lungs clear up better, you start yeah. to taste and smell better, and that's within 7 to 14 to 21 days, so yeah. you can see them straight away. Uh, for there to be a longer lasting effort, which will want to make you stop for longer, um, you've actually got to start exercising, which as you know is what I did. Yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. So, if you try any of the nicotine sprays, patches or gums, did any of them help you quit smoking and would you recommend them to people trying to quit? Why yeah. or why not? Yeah, you know, I used to use the spray. Yeah. Um, and I used the spray for oh, probably close on two years, really. Yeah. Uh, and um, that was partly because where I worked on Barrow Island and Impex. Yeah. Um, they were operating 
gas plant, so you weren't allowed to smoke a cigarette, mm. but you still wanted the nicotine during the day, so you used the sprays. Yeah. Eventually, sprays got too expensive to continue like that, um, and um, I then used the sprays to try and quit, mm-hmm. and eventually kicked the habit by using the sprays and a nicotine patch. Yeah. Um, and then one day, forgot to put the patch on, forgot to use the spray, and then realized I'd been without the patch or the spray for about two days, and I went, okay, well, I can stop. That's and awesome. that's when I stopped. Uh, so, yeah, they all help. Uh, the only problem is that the companies um, are now making a lot of money out of the sprays and the patches, so the price keeps on going up, so it's becoming more or less affordable. Yeah. Um, and I think that needs to be, uh, I think that needs to be regulated. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived barriers participating in the preventive activity. So why do you think it takes multiple tries for people to stop smoking? What do you think the reasons are behind that? Because they don't want to stop. Smoking is really nice. Uh, And when you you enjoy smoking, uh, like I did, uh, then there's very little reason to actually stop uh, if you enjoy it, other than places like Australia, people, uh, there's a perceived um, intolerance to smoking. Yeah. So if you go to a restaurant, you can't sit with your family, you need to go for a, for a cigarette, you're going to go outside. Um, if you go to the pub and you have a beer, but you really want to have a beer and a smoke, now you've got to go and stand outside um, without your beer. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, people, people want to stop, but they don't want to change their habits. Yeah. So while drinking lots of beer um, and you're a smoker, um, if you really want to stop, you might need to cut back on your drinking mm. um, so that you aren't tempted to then go and have a cigarette. So it's a balance of behaviours. Exactly. What were some barriers that you noticed that might have stopped you from quitting all the times that it didn't work? Um, no, I think it's just a mental thing. It's my only, only, only thing that makes you not want to stop is the fact that you don't want to stop. Yeah. I know a lot of people come up with a whole lots of other ideas, but for me, um, and I think it's really personal for each person, Yeah. it's do you really want to stop? Are you being honest with yourself? Yeah. So now we're moving on to cues to action. So cigarette and tobacco packets often have photos showing what smoking can do to the person using the cigarette. Did this help you make your decision to quit smoking? No. It's a waste of time. No. It's an absolute waste of time. Um, eventually, as you know, I, I smoked rollies. Yeah. I would take my tobacco out of that pouch and put it into my own tin or own pouch and throw away their packaging. To not see it. Uh, not, not to not see it. Yeah. It just doesn't mean anything. Yeah. If you want to smoke, no picture is going to make that difference. Yeah. So was family one of your motives to stop participating in the behavior? Yeah, of course. You know as well as I do uh, that you got none of you guys smoke. So when you are a smoker um, and everybody else around you isn't a smoker, uh, and you know uh, there's um, the school puts pressure on and the society puts pressure on yeah. and the laws put pressure on, then um, eventually the part of the decision to actually then stop smoking um, is largely influenced by family. Um, you eventually go, okay, well, for the family sake, I'll stop smoking. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to self-efficiency. So during your quitting journey, when did you really start believing that participating in the prevention strategy would work and what helped you come to that realization? Uh, when I was on, 
Barrow Island, um, I used the spray yeah. uh, as a preventative. Um, and the idea was really to stop smoking uh, initially, um, but then I stopped smoking cigarettes and didn't roll in, didn't buy any more roadies, mm. and that carried on for quite a long time. Uh, and that's when I realized, okay, well, I can actually do this. Yeah. Uh, but then what I didn't really want to do was stop smoking. Uh, at that stage, the, the, the uh, sprays were giving me the nicotine I needed. My, my lungs were clearing up. Yeah. Um, hadn't really, in my mind, made that decision to absolutely 100% quit. Yeah. And only when I decided to actually really quit and use uh, the spray correctly, that's when it became easier to stop. Yeah. So last question, now looking back, what are some ways that you think society had an influence on you when you wanted to quit, but it felt too difficult to accomplish? Um, oh look, I mean, you know, when you go back to South Africa or when we were living in Cambodia, everybody smokes. Yeah. Uh, and it's because cigarettes are cheap. Uh, so society has taken a stance against cigarettes um, and the government has supported society in that and they've pushed up the prices. Yeah. And now to buy a pack of cigarettes is a ridiculous amount of money. So um, regulating the, uh, those laws, uh, regulating the tax, the tax charges, uh, all of that helps. Yeah. And it is, um, it is society that drives that. If, um, if society didn't say smoking was bad, then we'd be going down to the footy over like we did this morning and there'd mm-hmm. be people standing there smoking. But they weren't. Not one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does, society has, has, it, has had a direct and indirect impact on the way um, I perceive smoking and the way I, I stopped. Um, there's no doubt about it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today and... It's a pleasure. Thank Anytime. you very much. Thanks, Dad. Chloe and today I will be talking with my dad Martin von Koschka about the preventative behavior smoking. Okay. Hi my name is Chloe and today I will be joined by my dad Martin von Koschka and we will be discussing the preventative behavior smoking cigarettes and relating it to the different stages of the health belief model. So let's start with perceived susceptibility to the issue. So dad Do you think your environment where you grew up influenced your smoking habits and fascination to participate in the activity? Um, Yeah, uh, I suppose so. Uh, My mom smoked. Um, In those days, uh, the cigarette rep would rock up with uh, gifts for smokers, uh, so lighters and free cigarettes. um, So the 1970s, we didn't have TVs in South Africa yet, but uh, certainly at the movies, uh, there were lots of good adverts around smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely the, the environment influenced um, my eventual smoking habits. I obviously didn't smoke at that time, I was still too small, Yeah. but later in life, yes. Okay, cool. So when you were in high school, was there a multitude of people who your age encouraged smoking and openly participated in it and if there were do you think that might have been one of the reasons why you started smoking um yes some some kids encouraged it um other kids smoked and didn't encourage it i think it was a individual um decision really um 
but there was certainly a herd, herd mentality uh, where uh, you were a part of the in crowd if you smoked and drank. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I did smoke at some points during high school and other, other points not. It didn't really influence um, uh, whether I was in the in crowd or the out crowd. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, chose to smoke or chose not to smoke. Fair enough. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived severity of the consequences of the health issue. So when you started smoking, did you notice any significant changes related to your mood or energy during the day? And if you did, did you see it as an effect from the cigarettes or did that not cross your mind at the time? No, I don't think, it, uh, I, don't think I put it down to cigarettes. Uh, as a teenager, uh, I probably put it down to being a moody teenager uh, more than anything. Yeah. Um, and cigarettes were probably seen as a bit of a um, as a release, uh, yeah. so I don't think it's uh, dampened my mood, uh, probably rather um, just brought about a little calm, I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. So had you seen anyone in your family or friend circle suffer from health issues that were related to smoking? And if so, did this make you think of quitting? No, it didn't make me think of quitting, but, and yes, uh, we, we had... Um, we had an aunt who uh, had emphysema, uh, but she'd smoked a lot. And I think that, that at the time, people were thinking, well, if you do it in moderation, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, she used to chain smoke, so she used, she used to go through two, three packs a day. Cigarettes were wow. cheap. Yeah. Uh, but everybody was aware that smoking wasn't good for you. Yeah. Um, they just didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived benefits of the preventive strategy. So when you decided to switch to quit smoking and succeeded, what changes did you notice happen regarding your health and well-being? And was it an instant change or did it take time? Um, uh, as you know, I, I probably tried a couple of times um, and I never really failed. I just didn't want to stop smoking. Yeah. Um, so when I decided I wanted to stop smoking, um, I stopped straight away. Uh, it, it took a bit of time to get the body to change. Um, so it was a mental thing? Yeah, I look, and smoking is a combination of, of mental, which uh, I'd probably go 80, 85% is mental, yeah. and then the rest is your body is dependent on the cigarettes uh, yeah. chemically. Um, so yeah, um, it's a, it's a, it is a, um, it is a difficult thing to stop. Does it change uh, in a positive way your health? It does. Um, so your lungs clear up better, you start yeah. to taste and smell better. And that's within seven to 14 to 21 days. So yeah. you can see them straight away. Uh, for there to be a longer lasting effort, which will want to make you stop for longer, um, you've actually got to start exercising, which as you know, is what I did. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's awesome. So, if you try any of the nicotine sprays, patches, or gums, did any of them help you quit smoking? And would you recommend them to people trying to quit? Why yeah. or why not? Yeah, you know, I used to use the spray. Yeah. Um, and I used the spray for well, probably close on two years, really. Yeah. Uh, and um, that was partly because where I worked on Barrow Island and Impex. Yeah. Um, they were operating gas plant so you weren't allowed to smoke a cigarette mm. but you still wanted the nicotine during the day so you used the sprays yeah eventually sprays got too expensive to continue like that um and um, i then used the sprays to try and quit 
-hmm. and eventually kick the habit by using the sprays and a nicotine patch. Yeah. Um, and then one day forgot to put the patch on, forgot to use the spray, and then realized I'd been without the patch or the spray for about two days. And I went, okay, well, I can stop. That's and awesome. that's when I stopped. Uh, so, yeah, they all help. Uh, the only problem is that the companies um, are now making a lot of money out of the sprays and the patches, so the price keeps on going up. So it's becoming more or less affordable. Yeah. Um, and I think that needs to be, uh, I think that needs to be regulated. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived barriers participating in the preventive activity. So why do you think it takes multiple tries for people to stop smoking? What do you think the reasons are behind that? Because they don't want to stop. No, smoking is really nice. Uh, and when you are, uh, when you enjoy smoking, uh, like I did, uh, then there's very little reason to actually stop uh, if you enjoy it, other than... Um, in places like Australia, people, uh, there's a perceived um, intolerance for smoking. Yeah. So if you go to a restaurant, you can't sit with your family, you need to go for a, for a cigarette, you've got to go outside. Mm. Um, if you go to the pub and you have a beer, but you really want to have a beer and a smoke, now you've got to go and stand outside um, without your beer. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, people, people want to stop, but they don't want to change their habits. Yeah. So while drinking lots of beer um, and you're a smoker, um, if you really want to stop, you might need to cut back on your drinking mm. um, so that you aren't tempted to then go and have a cigarette. So it's a balance of behaviours. Exactly. What were some barriers that you noticed that might have stopped you from quitting all the times that it didn't work? Um, no, I think it's just a mental thing. It's my only, only, only thing that makes you not want to stop is the fact that you don't want to stop. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people come up with a whole lot of other ideas, but for me, um, and I think it's really personal for each person, Yeah. it's do you really want to stop? Are you being honest with yourself? Yeah. So now I'm moving on to cues to action. So cigarette and tobacco packets often have photos showing what smoking can do to the person using the cigarette. Did this help you make your decision to quit smoking? No. A waste of time no it's absolutely waste of time um eventually as you know i, I smoked rollies yeah i would take my tobacco out of that pouch and put it into my own tin or own pouch and throw away their packaging to not see it I, not not to not see it yeah it just doesn't mean anything yeah if you want to smoke no picture is going to make that difference yeah so was family one of your motives to stop participating in the behavior yeah of course um you know as well as I do uh, that you got none of you guys smoke. So when you are a smoker um, and everybody else around you isn't a smoker, uh, and you know uh, there's um, the school puts pressure on and the society puts pressure on yeah. and the laws put pressure on, then um, eventually that part of the decision to actually then stop smoking um, is largely influenced by a family. Um, you eventually go, okay, well, for the family's sake, I'll stop smoking. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to self-efficiency. So during your quitting journey, when did you really start believing that participating in the prevention strategy would work and what helped you come to that realisation? Uh, when I was on Barrow Island, um, I used the spray. Yeah. Uh, as a preventative um, and the idea was really to stop smoking uh, initially um, but then 
I stopped smoking cigarettes and didn't roll in, didn't buy any more roadies. Mm. And that carried on for quite a long time. Uh, and that's when I realized, okay, well, I can actually do this. Yeah. Uh, but then what I didn't really want to do was stop smoking. Uh, at that stage, the, the, uh, the sprays were giving me the nicotine I needed. My, my lungs were clearing up. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really, in my mind, made that decision to absolutely 100% quit. Yeah. And only when I decided to actually really quit and use uh, the spray correctly, that's when it became easier to stop. Yeah. So last question. Now looking back, what are some ways that you think society had an influence on you when you wanted to quit, but it felt too difficult to accomplish? Um, oh, look, I mean... You know, when you go back to South Africa or when we were living in Cambodia, everybody smokes. Yeah. Uh, and it's because cigarettes are cheap. Uh, so society has taken a stance against cigarettes um, and the government has supported society in that and they've pushed up the prices. Yeah. And now to buy a packet of cigarettes is a ridiculous amount of money. So um, regulating those laws uh, regulating the tax the tax charges uh, all of that helps uh, yeah and it is um, it is society that drives that if um, if society didn't say smoking was bad then we'd be going down to the footy over like we did this morning and there'd mm -hmm. be people standing there smoking but they weren't not one yeah um, so yeah it does society has has it has had a direct and indirect impact on the way um, I perceive smoking and the way I, I stopped. Um, there's no doubt about it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And... It's a pleasure. Thank Anytime. you very much. Thanks, Dad. Hi, my name is Chloe and today I will be joined by my dad, Martin Ponkashka, and we will be discussing the preventative behaviour, smoking cigarettes and relating it to the different stages of the health belief model. So let's start with perceived susceptibility to the issue. So dad, do you think your environment where you grew up influenced your smoking habits and fascination to participate in the activity? Um, yeah, uh, I suppose so. Uh, my mom smoked. Um... In those days, uh, the cigarette rep would rock up with uh, gifts for smokers, uh, so lighters and free cigarettes. Um, so the 1970s, uh, we didn't have TVs in South Africa yet, but uh, certainly at the movies, uh, there were lots of good adverts around smoking. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely the, the environment influenced um, my eventual smoking habits. I obviously didn't smoke at that time, I was still too small. Yeah. But later in life, yes. Okay, cool. So when you were in high school, was there a multitude of people who, your age, who encouraged smoking and openly participated in it? And if there were, do you think that might have been one of the reasons why you started smoking? Um, yes, some, some kids encouraged it. Um, other kids smoked and didn't encourage it. I think it was an individual decision really um, but there was certainly a herd, herd mentality where uh, you were part of the in crowd if you smoked and drank so uh, I did smoke at some points during high school and other points not it didn't really influence um, uh, whether I was in the in crowd or the out crowd yeah. uh, I just uh, chose to smoke or chose not to smoke fair enough 
So now we're going to be moving on to perceived severity of the consequences of the health issue. So when you started smoking, did you notice any significant changes related to your mood or energy during the day? And if you did, did you see it as an effect from cigarettes or did that not cross your mind at the time? No, I don't think, it, uh, I don't think I put it down to cigarettes. Uh, as a teenager, uh, I probably put it down to being a moody teenager uh, more than anything. Yeah. Um, and cigarettes were probably seen as a bit of a, um, as a release. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's uh, dampened my mood. Um, probably rather um, just brought about a little calm, I suppose. Yeah. Fair enough. So, had you seen anyone in your family or friend circle suffer from health issues that were related to smoking? And if so, did this make you think of quitting? No, it didn't make me think of quitting. But and yes, uh, we we had um, we had an aunt who uh, had emphysema, uh, but she'd smoked a lot. And I think that, that at the time people were thinking, well, if you do it in moderation, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, she used to chain smoke, so she used, she used to go through two, three packs a day. Cigarettes were cheap. Yeah. Uh, but everybody was aware that smoking wasn't good for you. Yeah. Um, they just didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived benefits of the preventive strategy. So when you decided to switch to quit smoking and succeeded, what changes did you notice happen regarding your health and well-being? And was it an instant change or did it take time? Um, uh, as you know, I, I probably tried a couple of times um, and I never really failed. I just didn't want to stop smoking. Yeah. Um, so when I decided I wanted to stop smoking, um, I stopped straight away. Uh, it, it took a bit of time to get the body to change. Um, so it was a mental thing. Yeah, I look, and smoking is a combination of of mental, which uh, I'd probably go 80-85% is mental yeah. and then the rest is your body is dependent on the cigarettes uh, yeah. chemically. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a, it's a, it is a, um, it is a difficult thing to stop. Does it change uh, in a positive way your health? It does, um, so your lungs clear up better, you start yeah. to taste and smell better, and that's within 7 to 14 to 21 days, so yeah. you can see them straight away. Uh, for there to be a longer lasting effort, which will want to make you stop for longer, um, you've actually got to start exercising, which as you know is what I did. Yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. So, if you try any of the nicotine sprays, patches or gums, did any of them help you quit smoking and would you recommend them to people trying to quit? Why yeah. or why not? Yeah, you know, I used to use the spray. Yeah. Um, and I used the spray for oh, probably close on two years, really. Yeah. Uh, and um, that was partly because where I worked on Barrow Island and Impex. Yeah. Um, they were operating gas plants, so you weren't allowed to smoke a cigarette, mm. but you still wanted the nicotine during the day, so you used the sprays. Yeah. Eventually sprays got too expensive to continue like that, um, and um, I then used the sprays to try and quit, mm-hmm. and eventually kicked the habit by using the sprays and a nicotine patch. Yeah. Um, and then one day forgot to put the patch on, forgot to use the spray, and then realized I'd been without the patch or the spray for about two days and I went, okay, well, I can stop. That's and awesome. that's when I stopped. Uh, so, yeah, they all help. Uh, the only problem is that the companies, 
Island are now making a lot of money out of the sprays and the patches, so the price keeps on going up, so it's becoming more or less affordable. Yeah. Um, and I think that needs to be, uh, I think that needs to be regulated. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived barriers participating in the preventive activity. So why do you think it takes multiple tries for people to stop smoking? What do you think the reasons are behind that? Because they don't want to stop. Smoking is really nice. Uh, and when you are, uh, when you enjoy smoking, uh, like I did, uh, then there's very little reason to actually stop uh, if you enjoy it, other than places like Australia, people, uh, there's a perceived um, intolerance to smoking. Yeah. So if you go to a restaurant, you can't sit with your family, you need to go for a, for a cigarette, you're going to go outside. Um, if you go to the pub and you have a beer, but you really want to have a beer and a smoke, now you have to go and stand outside um, without your beer. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, people, people want to stop, but they don't want to change their habits. Yeah. So while drinking lots of beer um, and you're a smoker, um, if you really want to stop, you might need to cut back on your drinking mm. um, so that you aren't tempted to then go and have a cigarette. So it's a balance of behaviours. Exactly. What were some barriers that you noticed that might have stopped you from quitting all the times that it didn't work? Um, no, I think it's just a mental thing. It's my only, only, only thing that makes you not want to stop is the fact that you don't want to stop. Yeah. I know a lot of people come up with a whole lot of other ideas, but for me, um, and I think it's really personal for each person. Yeah. It's do you really want to stop? Are you being honest with yourself? Yeah. So now I'm moving on to cues to action. So cigarette and tobacco packets often have photos showing what smoking can do to the person using the cigarette. Did this help you make your decision to quit smoking? No. It's a waste of time. No. It's an absolute waste of time. Um, eventually, as you know, I, I smoked rollies. Yeah. I would take my tobacco out of that pouch and put it into my own tin or own pouch and throw away their packaging. To not see it. I, not, not to not see it. Yeah. It just doesn't mean anything. Yeah. If you want to smoke, no picture is going to make that difference. Yeah. So was family one of your motives to stop participating in the behavior? Yeah, of course. Um, you know as well as I do uh, that you got, none of you guys smoke. So when you are a smoker um, and everybody else around you isn't a smoker uh, and you know, uh, there's, um, the school puts pressure on and the society puts pressure on yeah. and the laws put pressure on, then um, eventually the part of the decision to actually then stop smoking um, is largely influenced by family. Um, you eventually go, okay, well, for the family's sake, I'll stop smoking. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to self-efficiency. So during your quitting journey, when did you really start believing that participating in the prevention strategy would work and what helped you come to that realization? Uh, when I was on Barrow Island, um, I used the spray yeah. uh, as a preventative. Um, and the idea was really to stop smoking uh, initially, um, but then I stopped smoking cigarettes and didn't roll in, didn't buy any more roadies, mm. and that carried on for quite a long time. Uh, and that's when I realised, okay, well, I can actually do this. Yeah. Uh, but then, what I didn't really want to do was stop smoking. Uh, at that stage, the the, uh, the sprays were giving me the nicotine I needed. My, my lungs were clearing up. Yeah. Um, hadn't really, in my mind, made that decision to 
absolutely 100% quit. Yeah. And only when I decided to actually really quit and use uh, the spray correctly, that's when it became easier to stop. Yeah. So last question, now looking back, what are some ways that you think society had an influence on you when you wanted to quit, but it felt too difficult to accomplish? Um, oh look, I mean, you know, when you go back to South Africa or when we were living in Cambodia, everybody smokes. Yeah. Uh, and it's because cigarettes are cheap. Uh, so society has taken a stance against cigarettes um, and the government has supported society in that and they've pushed up the prices. Yeah. And now to buy a packet of cigarettes is a ridiculous amount of money. So um, regulating those laws uh, regulating the tax the tax charges uh, all of that helps yeah and it is um, it is society that drives that if um, if society didn't say smoking was bad then we'd be going down to the footy over like we did this morning and there'd be people standing there smoking but they weren't not one yeah um, so yeah it does society has has it has had a direct and indirect impact on the way um, I perceive smoking and the way I, I stopped. Um, there's no doubt about it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. And... It's a pleasure. Thank Anytime. you very much. Thanks, Dad. My name is Chloe and today I will be joined by my dad Martin von Kaschke and we will be discussing the preventative behaviour, smoking cigarettes and relating it to the different stages of the health belief model. So let's start with perceived susceptibility to the issue. So dad, do you think your environment where you grew up influenced your smoking habits and fascination to participate in the activity? Um, yeah, uh, I suppose so. Uh, my mum smoked. Um... In those days, uh, the cigarette rep would rock up with uh, gifts for smokers, uh, so lighters and free cigarettes. Um, so the 1970s, uh, we didn't have TVs in South Africa yet, but uh, certainly at the movies, uh, there were lots of good adverts around smoking. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, uh, definitely the, the environment influenced. Um, my eventual smoking habits. I obviously didn't smoke at that time, I was still too small. Yeah. But later in life, yes. Okay, cool. So when you were in high school, was there a multitude of people who your age who encouraged smoking and openly participated in it? And if there were, do you think that might have been one of the reasons why you started smoking? Um, yes, yeah, some, some kids encouraged it. Um, other kids smoked and didn't encourage it. I think it was an individual decision really um, but there was certainly a herd, herd mentality where uh, you were part of the in crowd if you smoked and drank so uh, I did smoke at some points during high school and other points not it didn't really influence um, uh, whether I was in the in crowd or the out crowd yeah. uh, I just uh, chose to smoke or chose not to smoke fair enough So now we're going to be moving on to perceived severity of the consequences of the health issue. So when you started smoking, did you notice any significant changes related to your mood or energy during the day? And if you did, did you see it as an effect from the cigarettes or did that not cross your mind at the time? No, I don't think think I put it down to cigarettes. Uh, As a teenager, uh, I probably put it down to being 
moody teenager uh, more than anything. Yeah. Um, and cigarettes were probably seen as a bit of a um, as a release. Uh, yeah. So I don't think it's uh, dampened my mood. Um, probably rather um, just brought about a little calm, I suppose. Yeah. Fair enough. So, had you seen anyone in your family or friend circle suffer from health issues that were related to smoking? And if so, did this make you think of quitting? No, it didn't make me think of quitting. But and yes, uh, we we had um, we had an aunt who uh, had emphysema, uh, but she'd smoked a lot. And I think that, that at the time people were thinking, well, if you do it in moderation, you'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, she used to chain smoke, so she used, she used to go through two, three packs a day. Cigarettes were cheap. Yeah. Uh, but everybody was aware that smoking wasn't good for you. Yeah. Um, they just didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived benefits of the preventive strategy. So when you decided to switch to quit smoking and succeeded, what changes did you notice happen regarding your health and well-being? And was it an instant change or did it take time? Um. Oh, as you know. I- probably tried a couple of times um, and I never really failed I just didn't want to stop smoking yeah um, so when I decided I wanted to stop smoking um, I stopped straight away uh, it, it took a bit of time to get the body to change um, so it was a mental thing yeah I look and smoking is a combination of of mental uh, probably go 80 85% is mental yeah. and then the rest is your body is dependent on the cigarettes uh, yeah. chemically um, so yeah um, it's a, it's a, it is a um, it is a difficult thing to stop does it change uh, in a positive way your health it does um, so your lungs clear up better you start yeah. to taste and smell better and that's within 7 to 14 to 21 days so yeah. you can see them straight away uh, for there to be a longer lasting effort, which will want to make you stop for longer, um, you actually got to start exercising, which as you know is what I did. Yeah. So yeah. That's awesome. So, if you try any of the nicotine sprays, patches or gums, did any of them help you quit smoking and would you recommend them to people trying to quit? Why yeah. or why not? Yeah, you know, I used to use the spray. Yeah. Um, and I used the spray for oh, probably close on two years really. Yeah. Uh, and um, that was partly because where I worked on Barrow Island and Impex. Yeah. Um, they were operating gas plants, so you weren't allowed to smoke a cigarette, mm. but you still wanted the nicotine during the day, so you used the sprays. Yeah. Eventually, sprays got too expensive to continue like that, um, and um, I then used the sprays to try and quit, mm-hmm. and eventually kicked the habit by using the sprays and a nicotine patch. Yeah. Um, and then one day forgot to put the patch on, forgot to use the spray, and then realized I'd been without the patch or the spray for about two days, and I went, okay, well, I can stop. That's and awesome. that's when I stopped. Uh, so, yeah, they all help. Uh, the only problem is that the companies um, are now making a lot of money out of the sprays and the patches, so the price keeps on going up, so it's becoming more or less affordable. Yeah. Um, and I think that needs to be, uh, I think that needs to be regulated. Yeah. So now we're going to be moving on to perceived barriers participating in the preventive activity. So 
Why do you think it takes multiple tries for people to stop smoking? What do you think the reasons are behind that? Because they don't want to stop. Smoking is really nice. Uh, and when you are, uh, when you enjoy smoking, uh, like I did, uh, then there's very little reason to actually stop uh, if you enjoy it, other than um, in places like Australia, people, uh, there's a perceived um, intolerance to smoking. Yeah. So if you go to a restaurant, you find somebody with family, you need to go for a, for a cigarette, you're going to go outside. Um, if you go to the pub and you have a beer, but you really want to have a beer and a smoke, now you have to go and stand outside um, without your beer. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, people people want to stop, but they don't want to change their habits. Yeah. So while drinking lots of beer um, and you're a smoker, um, if you really want to stop, you might need to cut back on your drinking mm. um, so that you aren't tempted to then go and have a cigarette. So it's a balance of behaviours. Exactly. What were some barriers that you noticed that might have stopped you from quitting all the times that it didn't work? Um, no, I think it's just a mental thing. It's my only, only, only thing that makes you not want to stop is the fact that you don't want to stop. Yeah. I know a lot of people come up with a whole lot of other ideas, but for me, um, and I think it's really personal for each person. Yeah. It's do you really want to stop? Are you being honest with yourself? Yeah. So now we're moving on to cues to action. So cigarette and tobacco packets often have photos showing what smoking can do to the person using the cigarette. Did this help you make your decision to quit smoking? No. It's a waste of time. No. It's an absolute waste of time. Um, eventually, as you know, I, I smoked rollies. Yeah. I would take my tobacco out of that pouch and put it into my own tin or own pouch and throw away their packaging. To not see it. I, not, not to not see it. Yeah. It just doesn't mean anything. Yeah. If you want to smoke, no picture is going to make that difference. Yeah. So was family one of your motives to stop participating in the behaviour? Yeah, of course. Um, you know as well as I do uh, that you've got none of you guys smoke. So when you are a smoker um, and everybody else around you isn't a smoker uh, and you know, uh, there's, um, the school puts pressure on and the society puts pressure on yeah. and the laws put pressure on, then um, eventually the part of the decision to actually then stop smoking um, is largely influenced by family. Um, you eventually go, okay, well for the family's sake, I'll stop smoking. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to self-efficacy. So during your quitting journey, when did you really start believing that participating in the prevention strategy would work and what helped you come to that realisation? Uh, when I was on Barrow Island, um, I used the spray yeah. uh, as a preventative. Um, and the idea was really to stop smoking uh, initially, um, but then I stopped smoking cigarettes and didn't roll in, didn't buy any more roadies, mm. and that carried on for quite a long time. Uh, and that's when I realised, okay, well, I can actually do this. Yeah. Uh, but then, what I didn't really want to do was stop smoking. Uh, at that stage, the the, uh, the sprays were giving me the nicotine I needed. My, my lungs were clearing up. Yeah. Um, hadn't really, in my mind, made that decision to absolutely 100% quit yeah and only when I decided to actually really quit and use uh, the spray correctly that's when it became easier to stop yeah so last question now looking back what are some ways that you think society had an influence on you when you wanted to quit but it felt too difficult to accomplish 
Um, oh, look, I mean, you know, when you go back to South Africa or when we were living in Cambodia, everybody smokes. Yeah. Um, and it's because cigarettes are cheap. So society has taken a stance against cigarettes um, and the government has supported society in that and they've pushed up the prices. Yeah. And now I buy a pack of cigarettes. It's a ridiculous amount of money. So um, regulating the, uh, those laws, uh, regulating the tax, the tax charges, uh, all of that helps. Yeah. And it is, um, it is society that drives that. If... Um, if society didn't say smoking was bad, then we'd be going down to the footy over like we did this morning and there'd be people standing there smoking. But they weren't. Not one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it does, society has has it, has had a direct and indirect impact on the way um, I perceive smoking and the way I, I stopped. Um, there's no doubt about it. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today and... It's a pleasure. Thank Anytime. you very much. Thanks, Dad.